You're listening to Messes to Successes, a behind-the-scenes look at the strategies, tools, and insights that have taken businesses of all sizes from losing to winning with serial business builder Walden Fenster. For a VIP experience with Walden and the Venture Studios team, visit VentureStudios.com slash podcast. There you'll get access to a huge vault of resources, including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at how to grow a successful business. Welcome to this episode of Messes to Successes. We're talking with serial business builder Walden Fenster. And last week, if you joined us, we were talking about investors. And we brought up the concept of risk. And the fact that there's the the greater the risk, the greater the reward, but also the greater the reward, the greater that's the risk that's involved. And, and this week, Walden, I want to go a little bit deeper into that concept. What is risk when you really break it down? If if I'm looking at risk, like I I bring it back to the numbers side of things nowadays instead of when I first started out in business and having to come through so many bad decisions that were made emotionally, like I just feel like risk was maximized back then. So like I see risk as anything that could be a liability that could in business get you sued, get your business taken away, go bankrupt. Man, my first business, I was like, yeah, like I treated it like my first kid, you know, like it was so emotional. I was so wrapped up in it. I made a lot of stupid emotional decisions because I was seeing success very early on in that business, which allowed me at a very young age to be even stupider. <laughs> so like, I just felt like the risk was really ramped up and really high because I wasn't really like, I wasn't following logical decisions and making logical decisions. Like I was just going on and on and on and on and on and just pushing the limits and risking a lot to get where I was wanting to be. And that was just, at that time, I just wanted to make like six figures, like, or seven figures. Like, like I, I was risking everything to get to that point where now like, like stepping into a much bigger realm, you know, like I'm making more calculated decisions. There's less risk because of the the decisions that I'm making. Does that make sense? Like risk is just going to vary. It's, it's ups and downs. It's all over the place. But like at the end of the day, it really comes back to your experience and how hardened you've gotten over time and how much better you've gotten at making decisions that are binary instead of emotional. Some part of risk is perception because the decision that you make with a million dollars with your very first million dollars in your very first business has a lot more a heightened sense of risk than a million dollar decision when you're dealing with a billion. So your sense of your perception of risk changes over time. And so the decisions that you make based on that perception of risk change over time as well. Yeah. So like billionaires, they can go drop 10, 20 grand on a, a lunch and it's like a drop in the ocean. You know, it's the same thing as a millionaire going and spending a hundred to two hundred dollars on lunch. It just sounds way worse, you know. It's it's literally the same numbers. And if I don't know very many billionaires that got to where they're at making bad decisions lots of times over and over and over. <laughs> you know, they're making smarter decisions. So like maybe it's more of a fact of like that that one to two to three hundred dollar lunch as a millionaire is one thing. But when you start to get up and you're dropping 10, 20, 30 grand on a lunch, like you probably figured out how you're gonna make your money back on that lunch before you even sat down at it. <laughs> you know, so like I, I just feel like as as you grow, as you scale by a zero, as you start to leverage up, like 
you're making better decisions or you wouldn't be leveraging up. If you're making bad decisions, they're going to be pulling you back down. It's the old analogy of a, an unsuccessful person in a crab pot. You know, it's, they're just going to keep pulling you back down to the bottom of the pile. Like uh, if you're making bad decisions, it's going to show up and you're not going to hit even probably a $10 million status, you know, from a million. So like, it's just, you have to be very sound in those decisions, but like that, that's the part of entrepreneurship and the biggest risk of being an entrepreneur is just being an entrepreneur. Like you don't, you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. You don't know all these things. Like it's super risky just to be in the mindset of an entrepreneur, let alone risky as you start to realize, Hey, I can go make a million dollars or 10 million or a hundred million dollars. Like, like if you're not in the right mindset, you'll never be blessed with those amounts because you might go make a million dollars, but if you spent one and a half to make or to do it and you actually lost money because you didn't know your numbers or you're just being stupid and buying a car or something, like then you have a whole nother issue because you're never going to make it to 10 million because now all your, your seed money, all your plant money, all of your, the, the money that you're going to put into growing the business is gone, you know? So it's impossible to make bad decisions and still keep lever leveraging up. So eventually, your bad decisions will limit your ability to, to grow and to take on additional risk. Yep. <laughs> I'm hearing that there's a fear component to risk, and it's how you manage it, kind of mitigate that risk. Talk to me about that side of it. Calculations. Man, um, just knowing your weak points is like, it's going to, it's really going to make, make life a lot easier if you know where you suck. So like, I know that I suck at the financial stuff, you know, so I don't touch the financial stuff, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, I'm not good with law. Like, so you hire and retain a lawyer, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, so hire one. But like, it's, it's knowing your weak points. It's saying, Hey, I suck at content creation. I suck at, I, I would have never started a podcast unless Chad helped me start a podcast. Like, I, I'm not that way. It's not in my head to just like take a content strategy and be like, here, go. Like I can come up with it, but I need people to help me implement it. You know? So I hire for that style of like person, that style of work. It's, it's knowing your weaknesses because the moment that you know where you're weak at, you know where your risk is at, you know, where you're, you're, you're not squared away at, you're not watertight. Like, like the, the team has a big break in a chain at that point, because I don't know everything about running a business, but what I do know is I know how to scale it. I know how to create the content and the, or the entrepreneur like mindset and motivation behind it. I know how to create the systems and get the people and get the funding, all these other things I know I'm really good at. So why not let me go focus and be productive over here on things that I know I'm really good at and go hire for the points that I'm not very good at that I would have wasted time at or not done the right way, that could have been a liability for the future. So you can minimize or mitigate your risk by filling in your weak places. Yep. Or, or like we said in, episode, in the very first episode, we talked about the seven pillars of success. If you know which of your seven pillars are weak, then you know where your points of risk are. Yep. Self-reflection and analysis, you know, because most people don't like to look at where they suck. Yeah, you have to set your ego aside for that. Is it ever wise to take risks? And what is the threshold for too much risk? That's personal preference. But like, I mean, as humans, like we take risks every day. Like we in, in the modern world that we live in, um, we live in a constant fight, like fight or flight reaction state. It's like, yes, no, binary, this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. And our minds are constantly processing 
tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of processes and requests like every like minute. Like it's just crazy. Okay. So like if, if you stop saying, I'm going to take risk, then there is no reward. You know, you have to put something out to get something, you know, but like when you start to look at an entrepreneur, what I, what I love is like, I love going after trying to find a hybrid between employee and entrepreneur, you know, people that I can hire that I know they're wired to be an entrepreneur. It's just early on and they're willing to take a step back, learn, be teachable and gain some skill sets and then go remain on their entrepreneur journey, you know, but like they're taking a risk by like stepping into an entrepreneurship role, you know, because you're not motivated, you're going to fail. If you can't hire or go after and get creative people, more than likely you're going to fail. <laughs> you know, like if you can't persuade people or be really good at sales and negotiation, you're not going to have cash flow. <laughs> you know, if you don't have a good vision for where you're headed, like that, it's hard to be successful in a business that you can't have the vision or you don't have a vision for where you're headed. You know, so like there's just a handful of things that I look for. But like the overall one that I look for is the entrepreneur heart, because those guys are the ones that are motivated. They're flexible. They're constantly learning. They're teachable. They help me limit my risk because they step into fields that I suck at, that I know I suck at, but I'm looking to complete myself as an entrepreneur, like over here. So like, I still need to know that we're all rooted and equal in the same heart or the same root. But like overall, I want this person over here to be a content king. And this one over here to be a financial like wizard, you know, or guru or whatever, like and a lawyer over here and these people over here, because yes, we're all entrepreneurs and we all come together as like a, like an awesome team or like a unit, a squad, but overall, like they have all these skills that are making sure that my risk is going down because they're doing the job the right way from day one. Whereas I would have screwed up from day one. I've heard it said that, uh, Henry Ford, the, you know, the, uh, the, the guy who created the Ford Motor Company and uh, kind of invented the the concept of the assembly line. They they said his great contribution to uh, American business was not the car, and it wasn't so much the assembly line. It was his ability to recognize and and to put people in their position of strength. He said, "I don't know the first thing about this car, but I know exactly who, how to call the person who does know that thing." Yeah. The car. So to surround great, yourself. Yeah, he's a great business example. I mean, he's Henry Ford is like, man, he he's responsible for so much of where we're at nowadays. But like the one quote that I actually loved about him, and like this is off the top of my head, so I might butcher it, but it's like, you can have your car in any color as long as it's black. <laughs> like I just love that because even with that, you're lowering your risk because you know you're getting a black car. The perceptions are set, just like perspectives are set. Like there's no variables. You're getting a black car. Like if you don't want a black car, go buy a Chevy. <laughs> like honestly, but that was that he, he found a way to even lower his risk as things were getting crazier and more like there's more variety, more everything in the business world, even back then. But like he was way, he was way ahead of his consumers. And he said, yeah, we're going to run into issues because the paint is not going to be exactly right. And we're going to have all these other expenses we haven't figured out. So you're only going to get a black car for right now until we figure out where we're headed next. Once we're headed and we know where we're headed next and we have this process figured out, then you can get a red or a blue car. But right now it's black. <laughs> like it's just, it's crazy to see even back then how his mindset processed risk, even back then when there wasn't the internet, you know, there wasn't like, Oh, Yelp, I'm going to go leave a negative re re like Yelp review and ruin this guy's like, 
career over here. That's risk right now. That's 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 a risk in every business owner's mind right now is negative reviews, you know, which, yeah, sometimes you can cover up with SEO and things like that. But there's still like negative things that happen. That's risk that happens over here. You know, so like back then he was so proactive he made it so that people couldn't even wrote like in the newspaper about having a bad review of Ford because he's like, no, nope, you're getting a black car, take it or like it. Like that's part of our system right now. You know, it's just crazy to see. So, so what I'm hearing is that one way of mitigating risk is to simplify. Yep. Simplifying options, simplifying systems, simplifying the way people interact with your product. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite tagline was a, a business that I had a few years back, but the, the tagline was sophistication is simplicity. Like overall, you look at even like the Steve Jobs, like Apple mindset of like one button click. Yeah. Nowadays they're getting sued because of patent infringement, but whatever, <laughs> you know, it's still the concept of you're going to get one button. That's all you need to run this whole phone like done. Okay. Like you start to look at, just every aspect of your business and how you can simplify it. Because the moment that you have a a 30 person team when you should have 10, the moment that you're running on 20 systems, but you should only have two, the moment that you're getting spread so thin and people are trying to do too much is when you're really ultimately at your riskiest point. It's, It's when things are getting dropped. It's when things are falling through the cracks. It's when people are trying to do too much with too little. Like it's just, Overall, that's when you're riskiest because that's when emotions are high. That's when people are stressed out. That's when people are not getting the right world-class service expectation. Like there's so many things that can go wrong in those situations, you know? So like, it's, it's literally like just taking a step back and figuring out like how to simplify. Can I get, can I pick up one system over here to manage my whole team and run everything? Can I pick up one marketing system over here and now that's all we need. Maybe one website, you know, now instead of running on 20 systems, I'm on three, you know, less to manage. Maybe instead of running 30 person crew, maybe I'm running 10 and outsourcing or picking up different contractors and VAs, but like just figuring out ways to keep it simple and then documenting the simplicity. So as you document simplicity, you make it like your business able to grow and duplicate and scale. If, if nothing's documented, it's impossible to scale something that nobody knows how to even works. <laughs> so like, as you simplify and start to hone in and fine tune, you're, you're lowering your risk as business goes on. Plus you're increasing the profitability and you're also increasing the amount that somebody would pay for that business because it runs without you. And that's the most critical thing about like creating businesses you don't want to create a job. You're creating a legacy or a future. You know, you want to create something that you can step away from. If there's a ton of risk, nobody's going to buy your business. <laughs> like, like there's, it's not worth it in an investor's eyes. The risk is not, it's not greater than the reward. You know, like it's, it's just, it's unequally yoked. So like the big thing is like by simplifying and getting things super simple, there's less risk in a business. Like, compared to if it's running too fat, running too inefficient, too many things going everywhere. You're listening to Messes to Successes with serial business builder Walden Fenster. And Walden, we've uh, we've talked about a couple of ways that a business owner can mitigate risk. One uh, is simplifying, as you were just describing. But is it possible to eliminate risk in a business? As good as possible. <laughs> as long as you're selling stuff to somebody, there's always going to be a liability. 
I mean, if you're selling shoes and somebody twists their ankle or claims that the sole came off, like, I mean, there's always a situation where you can coverage or you can cover that with or mitigate that with insurance and lawyers. But like the more that you grow, the more that you keep building businesses, the more that you're getting out there, the more people that you're coming engaged with and like actually doing projects for providing products to the more opportunity there is for lawsuits or like employee stuff or just there's all these other little risk things that come in. Some of that's mitigated by insurance. Other of it's by having those processes in place, those systems in place, having HR in place for employees, having lawyers on retainer for lawsuits so that you're not losing sleep over it at night. Like it's just, there's different ways to mitigate the risk, but overall, like as long as you're an entrepreneur and as long as you're in business, there's always going to be some sort of risk. It's just, it's like it's having the foresight to see what's going to happen. It's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm building websites. Something could go bad. This person could see me because the project didn't get complete. It's going to happen. Like if you, if you build 500 to a thousand or 2000 websites, it's going to happen. You know, like to have a one per, less than one person ever sue you in 12 years of business, like it's going to happen. Like I've been part of a ton of stuff, but I've only ever been in one lawsuit. <laughs> like, like, and that that's like unheard of, you know? So like, I, and it's, it, it happens. Things happen. Risk happens. Like it's gonna happen. It's part of life. You know, if you're living in a shell, living in the closet, living in your basement, like sending affiliate emails, you're still at risk. You still have liability. People could still come sue you for can, can spam act and GDRP and all these things overseas. Like you still have risk. Like there's no aspect of business that doesn't come with some risk. And the greater the reward, the greater the risk. Right. On some level. On and some unless level. You, you, learn, <laughs> you learn to mitigate it, you learn to manage risk with systems. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. You were talking about the difference between entrepreneur mindset and employee mindset, which is interesting because that ties back to episode 104, yep. which you may have heard um, actually broadcast. Uh, in this case, it broadcast on Christmas Day. Um, and so, I want to I want to circle back around to that. What do you do to evaluate um, people that should be entrepreneurs versus people who should be uh, employees? Because there's there's a mindset difference. How do you measure that? Yeah, and I, I love the article. I started to reference it earlier. Uh, Monster, the the um, entrepreneur and employee platform that basically matches people to jobs type of thing. Monster.com. Uh, yeah, Monster.com. I mean, mm-hmm. they. They came up because they studied this because people are their business. Just like every one of us that's even listening to this podcast, people truly are our business. The more you understand people, the more successful you'll be. Like Monster has done insights and looked into different positions for different styles of personalities, different backgrounds, different knowledge levels, different universities, different everything. They've came up with and said basically there's like eight things that make you a better entrepreneur than employee. And like, if you're really high on these eight areas, it, it recommends more like of an entrepreneurial route or more of a high level, like, like in a business, like if you have 30 years of experience and you're high in all these things, it recommends more of the C-level suite where you're more in charge of creative and direction and high level thinking and that style of business. So like those eight things and like, it, it's, it's crazy because when you start to like look at them on like the, like a standalone basis, 
then you like put them all together and you're like, yep, that's pretty much a picture of an entrepreneur. So like the first one they look for is like super creative, like, like people that are like insanely creative, always thinking, always problem solving, always like piggybacking or like throwing things into like uh, throwing them on a whiteboard, like just always being creative, always thinking through things. Like that's like the number one thing that most entrepreneurs have. So even if they're not a good artist or like they can't draw out what their product or design is, they can still sit there on a napkin or sit there on a whiteboard or sit there on a piece of paper and doodle out exactly what their idea is, whether they're building funnels or whether they're building uh, a truck, you know, like they can draw out what it's going to look like or some of that, you know, so they, they have a creative way to solve a problem. Once, once they start to evaluate creativity, they start to look at how persuasive they are, you know, which is the number one skill set for most sales and like high level VP of sales marketing. How, how good are you about persuading a consumer, a person to do or to end up at the goal that you want, you know? So like if they're creative and they're persuasive, that means they can sell an idea and they can persuade people to have buy-in to that creativeness. So it could be sales and marketing roles are high there. If, if these are the only two skills, uh, there's a couple other like ways that you can be creative, graphic arts, media, like that, that style of engagement, entertainment. Uh, but overall, you throw that persuasiveness into it and then they can start selling an idea, which is where most entrepreneurs excel as they sell their idea, they sell their passion. And this leads into point number three is like, if they have high levels of vision of where they want to be. So like now you're creative, you're persuasive. So you're getting buy-in on your ideas, but you actually have a vision for where you're selling or going or whatever you're doing. So like you're persuading people to come with you and join your mission to achieve your vision. So like those are the three big top ones. Then you start to look at some of these other little ones, but like risk tolerance is very high of things they look for. So like when you start to look at, um, like even things that we're talking about tonight, if you are getting heart palpitations, thinking about a lawsuit, your risk tolerance is pretty low. <laughs> so like, just like if, if the thought of being like uh, in a work truck and getting hit and now you have business insurance claims and all these other things that you got to go through hurts your heart, low risk tolerance, you know, or standing in front of a room asking for a $10 million check. And that gives you a little bit of heart issues probably a little lower on the risk, but like all these things, the good news is they're overcome by just doing, you know? So as you go through them, as you become more callous to them, you're, you're, you're not having the same risk reaction to that same situation. So going back 10 years, 12 years to my first businesses, like if you would have told me like, Oh, you're going to get sued. I would have been like, Oh no, the world's ending. I'm crying over here. Da, 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 da. Like, and I mean like 18, 19, 20 years old at the time, like that's like, I don't want to go through that. Why would I ever be an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know, but now coming through business, coming through some of these experiences, like, yeah, like, let's do it. If I'm getting sued, that means I'm doing something right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, like that was my, uh, my wife's analogy. The first time we ever got served with papers was literally, she's like, well, it's been a long time coming. Like we must be doing something right. We must finally start to hit those levels where people are paying so much attention to it that like, like we're taking those next levels of growth. You know, but like risk tolerance is huge in entrepreneurs. Like if if you cannot stomach risk and stress and some like not sleepless nights, maybe like entrepreneurship might not be for you. Uh, versatility, versatility, the ability to learn, be teachable, um, pick up new skill sets. 
like entrepreneurs, like if they don't know something, they're on Google and YouTube figuring it out, <laughs> you know, like, so like the ability to teach yourself, be self-driven, be motivated, like that's, that's a huge skill set of an entrepreneur. Now you start to look at other areas of business. So like if I was to tell an entrepreneur, you're going to work nine to three and all your work has to be done in that time period. And I don't want any work done outside of those time periods. Most entrepreneurs are going to be like, no, nah, this isn't for me because I mean, I could be up at like 3 a.m. working on something, having great breakthroughs. You know, they, they want flexibility in their life, not only on the work side, but then you start to look at business owners and people that have passive income and being able to just take off and leave for a week to two weeks at a time, just going wherever we want, traveling the world, having that flexibility to work from wherever or have have the the wisdom and the knowledge to have the right people in place to be running the business so that I don't have to answer the call. I don't have to do all these things. I have the flexibility to say no, <laughs> like, which the flexibility to say no is like, that's like, that's like one of those hidden entrepreneur, like little gems that once you figure that out and you really grasp it and you are able to stand back and say, no, I don't have to take your money. No, I don't want you as a client. I only work with the people that are good fits for us. Like the flexibility to say no is very empowering. <laughs> so like that's pretty, that's a good analogy point. The last two of them that like monster really hits on hard is decisiveness and collaboration. So like if you have the ability to collaborate and be a team player, you're more entrepreneur bound than you're not just like most entrepreneurs because they only really have a one person board of directors they can be very decisive, <laughs> you know? So the key to decisiveness is being able to scale the decisiveness. So like a good example of it's Jeff Bezos, like Bezos, like runs Amazon, like a startup, like you could like message Bezos and say, if you, if you swap out this ink to this typeset, to this font weight, you're going to save $10 million a year in print costs. He's going to make that change tomorrow. Like that's decisiveness. And he doesn't need to go back to the board and get all these things. He's always like, Hey, it's going to save us $10 million. I'm making that decision. Now it's implemented tomorrow. You know, like where you have other entrepreneurs at a much lower level saying, man, like, should I build an online funnel or should I create an ebook? And then they sit there and they evaluate and they get into analysis paralysis and they try to figure out which one's better. Where's my ROI. And at the end of the day, the entrepreneur that just was like, Nope, I'm going to do both. And just jumps straight in and like tries to make a mess out of it usually creating a mess out of it means you're at least succeeding in some way, <laughs> you know? So like, and that comes back to risk and risk tolerance, you know, like most people, they don't want to make a mess. They don't want to fail. And that's, that's part of the risk of being an entrepreneur. So there are risks uh, to starting a business, to running a business. It's the risk is just part of your reality. We are talking with Walden Fenster, serial business builder on the Messes to Successes podcast. And as we wrap up this episode, Walden, uh, what services do you and your company offer to help entrepreneurs measure the risks and, and calculate the risks of their business, the market that they're entering, their staffing? Talk about that. Two, two main things that we offer. Uh, one is our Unchained Entrepreneur events. So our Unchained Entrepreneur events are 100% free. They're one-day masterminds that basically we come to a location around you and fill it with 14 to 16 other business owners, other entrepreneurs, other startups that are all going through similar issues. We sit there and we hammer out and we really dive into and put people on hot seats to figure out what's going wrong in their business. And that's 100% free. That's just us bringing in consultants, 
and basically tying into a group of entrepreneurs and working through the crap that most people will never understand because they're not business owners or entrepreneurs. So those are free resources. We have a couple of free resources on our website as far as like courses and different things. So like, like a good one for people just starting out, like we have a course for your business made simple. If you're going after funding, we have 42 days to funding. If you're getting ready to scale, we have scaling by zero. And then our last course, which is more graduate level is advanced entrepreneurship. So between courses online and then also those live free events, like there's a plenty of resources and ways that we can help you out for entirely free. Like, without spending a dime, you can start to plug in and get knowledge, get experience, just get warmed up and figuring out where the next steps are. Once you're up to that next level, we do start offering masterminds and consulting and like paid time with us where we're stepping in to help you actually grow, scale and develop your business to the point of selling it if you want to. Uh, but basically it's all, it's all stair stacked upon it. Like we're, we're making sure that you're getting value and that you're actually taking the next steps in growth before we even work with you, because we want to make sure you're teachable and that we're all on the same pace with where we're headed. You know, so like if you're stuck, the first and easiest route is just either get to one of our free live events, which the next one's in Naperville, January 22nd. Then we have uh, events in Nashville and uh, Dallas Fort Worth coming up in February. Uh, so we're, we're all over the place. So like get to one of those free events, get, plugged into some of our online training, take those next steps to figuring out whether you're an idea that you're wanting to grow and build your first thousand dollars in, whether it's you're scaling from a million to 10, like whatever, whatever zone you're in, like plug in, hit me up on a fit call. If you want to see if we're a good fit to work together. And other than that, like our website, there's just tons of content and credibility and strategy on there. So just plug in, start following us on messagesuccesses.com and listen to the weekly podcast. And all of these resources and the schedule of upcoming events also available at VentureStudio.com. Uh, if this is the first time that you've joined us for the Messes to Successes podcast, welcome. Thank you for being a part of this week. And I hope that you'll go back and uh, listen to some of the other episodes that we've put together. They're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts, we've got you covered. So thank you for joining us. Uh, be sure to make comments because uh, the link to this podcast is also on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I imagine many of our listeners came to us from one of those two links. If you did, or actually even if you didn't, be sure to go back to either Facebook or LinkedIn. Put your questions in the comments. Uh, put your comments in the comments. Put your criticism in the comments. We read them all. Uh, we can handle them. We've gotten some great feedback <laughs> from the social media comments uh, that have been very, very helpful to us. So thank you. Please be a part of that conversation in those places. But in the meantime, I will look forward to seeing you here uh, next week when we reconvene. This is the Message to Success podcast. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Messes to Successes, a podcast by Venture Studios. To get access to resources including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at growing a business, visit VentureStudio.com. This weekly podcast is produced and hosted by Walden Fenster, directed and edited by Chad Ketcher. Copyright 2019. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn and get new episodes every Wednesday wherever you find podcasts.